0: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Katia Reis. Um, she's over in Portugal. She's a Ph.D. student at the Faculdade de Medicina de Lisboa, uh, so Faculty of Medicine at Lisbon uh, University in the uh, CENC. Uh, they're studying sleep and circadian rhythms in humans, of which I am probably a bad example. So uh, Katia, thanks for coming. How you doing?
1: i'm fine
0: thank you <laughs> good I'm, I'm glad to talk to you because um i guess i'm a strange example of uh of a circadian rhythm and i have a lot of uh questions about it so um first of all my question is what what uh what made you study sleep and circadian rhythms it's kind of a, a strange thing maybe to study i don't know what got you interested in it yeah it's,
1: i didn't start it right by there i started as a studying by bi- marine biology in the Lisbon Science School. But since I needed to work as a shift working during my basic course, I started to get interested in circadian rhythm, So particularly in circadian rhythm disruption, you know. So the effects of sleep deprivation, fatigue, and human performance and health. And for that, after finishing my basic course in marine biology, I just started to do a master in science. But in this case, in human biology and environment, mm. at the same university, you know. Uh, and after that, I just started planning my PhD uh, in this field. But now in the Lisbon Medical School, but it it was it was mainly because of that because I you know as a as a work, uh, as a student and a worker and mainly a chief worker, I started thinking of what was happening with me because mm. I felt they're tired i i slept very few during on the whole day because i need to study and i need to work so that that is why so i started my okay. marine biology but then i just started being interested in circadian rhythm
0: gotcha okay um so circadian rhythm that's what the pattern of wake and sleep cycles of you know any creature
1: yeah you know Sarcadian rhythms. We have a lot of rhythms. Uh, everyone, the starting by from Guy until human. But you know, by the reasons that I already told you before, um, I started to be interested in humans. Mm. So the, the and the first title that you can easily see is it's, it's the sleep wake title for so the sleep wake behavior, the sleep wake rhythm.
0: And that's why I felt
1: interested in sleep.
0: Okay. Uh, and okay. <laughs> so sleep, circadian rhythm cycle. Okay, so so as an example, I've heard that certain hormones peak and trough at different times, you know, like cortisol, yes. you know, spikes at this time and goes down at this time, and melatonin starts here and goes there. So can you describe some of the important um you know, molecules that are involved in sleep and when they tend to rise and peak and trough.
1: Yes, of course. They are they are very important, you know, and many people used to call uh, melatonin as a sleep as a sleep hormone. It's it's not totally correct, you know, because melatonin is mainly the dark hormone. So it it it's produced during the night. And for us even being daily uh, a daily uh, organism we sleep during the night, so it it it's also a coincidence, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, but it's you know actually sleep uh, melatonin is not an agnostic, but helps us to uh, start sleep because it marks our our endogenous night, as you can say, and the cortisol. Uh, oh, and uh, melatonin starts to be produced around two hours before the bedtime. And for a normal, you know, behavior or that someone to go to bed around midnight or 11, so you can say that Leberbeer melatonin starts rising about 10 p.m. or uh, around that, 9, 10, ten and a half, around that.
0: What, what, um, signals, um, yeah. what signals your body to start producing melatonin? Is it the absence of light. certain wavelengths of light? It's or is it the, uh,
1: the light? It's mainly the light. And that's why it's so important to not be exposed to, to high frequencies of light during that period. Because the exposure to light, uh, to intense light, stops the melatonin production. Production, uh, production, sorry, and that's why it's so important to not be exposed to to light at that time. Because if you do that, you will not, so you will produce much less melatonin than you should. And that's what happened. But that's what happen, what happens with sheep workers because they are working during the night, so they are exposed to light, and so usually they have lower levels of melatonin because of that, because their melatonin is
0: suppressed by light. So Okay, so it's suppressed, it's suppressed by certain wavelengths of light, not all light, right? You know, like yeah. it's blue light more than red light, red or yellow Maybe light? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's the usually common cold blue light, yes.
0: So what happens as, want, um, as melatonin is released in your body and it starts to build up, what effect does it have on the body?
1: So it it, it it Are you asking about functions or what about your what you're feeling when the melatonin starts rising?
0: Well, both. Yeah. What do you feel as it rises, yeah. and what's the function when of it? it
1: sleep. feeling it, It's sleepiness. It's not an hypnotic, it, but it's perpetuates your sleep. You know, there are some people that say that it's the, your melatonin that starts going into sleep, but if, it's not totally correct, but yeah, it helps you go into sleep.
0: Okay. What what uh, function does it serve in your body? So it makes you tired, so that you want to go lay down to sleep. But does it have any other function in your body?
1: So it has a restorative function, so, and um, and that's why it is so important to have it in circulation, because it have a lot of um functions that uh that goes to help you you know in your cell restoration and your, you know it, 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 it's very important and uh, that's why we're, when you when you have lower levels you you are more prone to have some illnesses you know to develop some illnesses so that's why it's so important and that's why it's so important not to suppress it and to to have normal levels of melatonin in
0: circulation. So if, you, uh, if you're exposed to blue light, let's say you're on your phone and then you try to go to bed right away, there won't be sufficient melatonin built up in your body, so you probably will lay there and not fall asleep for quite a long time. That's my guess on what may happen, right?
1: Yeah, you know, but the, your, your phone needs... Is- you have both problems. two problems there. It's not only your life, but it's all, But it's also the fact that you are, you know, when you are in your phone, you are being stimulated, you know, intellectually stimulated because you are, you are answering emails or answering, answering SMS. So you have two problems there. You have the problem with the life suppression. That there are some, some some phones that have some blue blocker for the screening and then you can, you can lock the light. But that's not, you know, you, you can't really have that because your phone <laughs> it's all being, uh, you know, answering emails and answering SMS's and, you know, working at your, your laptop. You can use some apps just like Flex or some others that can lock the blue light. But you are being stimulated.
0: So you have both things that are that are bad for your people. life. So how does um melatonin affect shift workers? Let's say um you know, I work a shift and I get off at like, you know, three in the morning and I try to go to sleep at four in the morning and I want to get up at noon, you know, my uh has my melatonin been produced and is it exhausted by the time I go to sleep and you know, how will it affect me if I have to work those hours, for instance?
1: Yeah, you know, as a shift worker, you have, you have a lot of problems. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy to cope with that. So one of the things that um, we have different uh, time of production, so we have different timing, different prototypes, is a, it's a word that is common used, you know, it's for people that, that they're prototyping. So it's the time that they usually go to bed and that they wake. And it, it's totally different from all people, you know. Uh, I don't know if you already, there are many studies uh, doing with the mini prototype questionnaire and you can see that you have a youth distribution, it's a normal distribution, so you have much more people that have um, there are normal types, as you can eat, as you can taste. Then you have early types, and then you have late types.
0: Yeah, like night so owls like and larks. Yeah.
1: Owls
0: yeah, they, they yes, them... and larks. Right.
1: Yes, yes, that's it. So, you know, for a late type to do night shift, it's much easier than for someone that is a early type. Mm-hmm. You know? And the contrary is also, it's a total so if you if you put someone that is late type, I need to do a very early morning shift, and it needs to rise at 3 a.m. in the morning. Many for them, it's really difficult for them to wake up. So they won't go to sleep until their night, their, until their clock, their internal clock, say that it's their time to sleep. So they might even try to go to bed, but they won't into sleep. In sleep. But it's not their internal time saying that it's their time to sleep, but so their current mm-hmm. time. So it's it, it's really difficult sometimes to, to to manage that, and that's something that is really important, and that is something that I'm been working with. It's it, it, it's really that the shift work, okay. because you know it's it, it about thinking of putting people working on their internal time. You know, or doing more shifts according to their internal time. It's much easier for everybody because the workers could sleep more if they are in their internal time. So that's the thing that I the, the example that I could use previously uh, for the late type that is doing a very early morning shift. If he would, you know, he's going to work with, I don't know, two hours a week. And sometimes happens. And I already saw that, you know, uh, uh, in those people that they, they start having the one thing that is, you know, they have anticipatory stress, so they go to bed, they try to sleep,
0: right.
1: they are not able to sleep because it's not their time to sleep, and then they start thinking, oh my gosh, I have only three hours to sleep, mm. I will need to wake, and then. They can't sleep because they are very anxious, you know, and, oh, right. almost two hours, almost one hour, and it's gone. Yeah. So he needs to go work without sleep. And that happens. That, that's really true. I already saw that, you know. So it, it, and, and it's dangerous because they, they go to work uh, without any sleep. And if they are doing any job that is demanding job, how can they work properly? Impossible.
0: Right people can and fall asleep on the job and kill people and make medical errors and all kinds of stuff like that,
1: yeah all those kinds of stuff and, and that's very good. unfortunately if this, this things happen and but if you know also the companies if, if they start getting this into account they, they it's a win-win situation you know it's good for everyone
0: all right so, so what,
1: you what what um <laughs> a company what, what <laughs> they start you thinking? thinking like that
0: Okay, what, what do you think is the, um, the mechanism in the body that causes people to have different chronotypes? Have you studied that, or have you seen papers that yeah. what are the differences between a lark and an owl, you know, physiologically?
1: Okay, so you have three things that can influence your chronotype. So you have genetics, you have your social behavior, mm-hmm. so the social consequences, and light. So those are three things. That can influence your phenotype. But you have a genetic basis. So you, your, your genome already says that if you are late or if you are early. And you can entrain that. You can entrain your cycle with life. Because life is your master body figure. So it's your master entrainment, uh, entrainer in this case. And so, of course, you can always try to manage that. You know, but it's your internal time that is going to stay. So your genetics is going to rise, and it's going to be always there. So it's not easy. If you are really a late type, or if you are really an early type, you can try. You can try to manage that with life. It's what we usually do, and it's what we, we usually do with circadian rhythm, um, uh, with the late sleep phase patients. Here in the clinic, in the center where I where I work with, um, also with shift workers. So we teach them how to cope with that. We teach them what what he should do, so when he needs to be exposed to light or when he needs to avoid light. Because if you are exposed to the morning light, you it, it will make you go to sleep earlier. But if you are exposed to light afternoon, so you we were going to sleep bed late. And that's what right. we do in therapy. So we expose people to light in the morning or in the evening according of what we need to do, so to advance or to delay their cycle.
0: How much time do you need to do this? Like How many hours before bed should the last exposure to blue light be in order to prepare someone to sleep when you want them to or when they want to?
1: Okay, what we usually say is at least two hours before the time that you need to go to bed, you need to avoid the light sources or blue light sources. You can be okay. with the thin light, you know, it's okay uh, if you need to go to bed early. And then in that case, that person also should wake in the morning and go to here in Portugal, it's quite easy because if you go outdoors, you have a lot of light usually. So it's, it's easy to do phototherapy, we just need to say, go, go to, the, to the garden and walk your dog, you know, and you, you can have your phototherapy. If you do a morning walk, a one hour morning walk, you know, it's more than enough to, to help you go to bed early. The problem is that people are always indoors, you know? You wake up in the morning. You go you know, at home, so you go to your work in a car. You don't walk on the street, and you pass the whole day inside a building. And then when you go out, it's already dark, and you go home again, and you don't have any light. And what's happening to people is that people are are not being exposed to light. You know, they are all they are they pass the whole day indoors. And so people are becoming later because they are not being trained by light. Gotcha. Something that we are we, we are we have been you know we have been we have seen the whole the last years. So uh, I so, would
0: uh, be just a, so melatonin sorry? melatonin definitely appears to be a light based hormone. Uh, what other yes. hormones are in play that are important? We we started to talk about cortisol, but I interrupted you. So. Yeah. Tell me about cortisol. What role does it play?
1: So cortisol is it's an excitatory hormone. So it's it's a hormone that that tells you when it's, that you should start to rise and then you start working and then it starts being active. So it, it totally it antiphase to your melatonin. So your cortisol starts rising when your melatonin starts to decrease. And your peak of melatonin, it, you, uh, sorry, of cortisol is approximately half an hour after your wake and then it starts to increase during the, during the day, but, so your peak is in the morning. So you have your lowest levels of melatonin in the morning and you have your higher level of cortisol in the morning. So it's supposed to wake, to be awake in the morning. So think it's supposed to be awake in the morning, you have high levels of
0: cortisol because it, that's what the cortisol makes make you aware. Mm. Well, what happens if um, you have disrupted sleep? You know, let's say you have apnea or you have some kind of insomnia. You know, you wake up early or, you you know, you wake up multiple times. Does that trigger cortisol to start at the wrong time while you're still attempting to sleep and disrupt it?
1: Yes, yes, of course, because cortisol is a stress hormone, so it reacts to stress, and of course also sleep apnea or insomnia is stress. It's a stressor to your body. So apnea is a stressor because you are you are decreasing your level of of oxygen in your body, and it makes you awake most of the time, and that's a stressor. So, what happens in your body when you are exposed to stress um, is that it makes you decrease the entity of cortisol. So, when you are supposed to have very, very low levels of cortisol that is during the night, it starts being produced. What makes you doing is that during the day, the levels that should be Higher, anymore, it's not, they are not so high. So you reduce the amplitude of your curve when you are so stress. That's what usually happens. Also in sleep deprivation, in sleep deprivation protocols, what, you, what we observe is, is that. So you have a lower amplitude of cortical of the curve because we also have it being produced very light. Okay. When you should, when it shouldn't be. <laughs>
0: Right, right, gotcha. Um, are there any other hormones that uh, impact sleep and wake cycles? Another
1: thing, uh, you know, you have a lot of hormones. You have leptin. So leptin, it's a your hormone. and she's produced also during your sleep. And that's what happens. I'm going to ask you, when you when you don't sleep during one night, what happens to you? Usually you are very tough during the other day. You want to eat a lot. And why? Because you haven't produced your during the night, you know? So since you have lower levels of leptin, because you haven't sleep, you haven't produced it, so you are more tired during day, and usually people are more prone for you to eat uh, hypercaloric food, you know, it's not healthy food. Right. When, we, when we don't sleep, we usually want to eat Bad food, not food, really, and uh, that's why we, when you are, when you are sleep deprived, when you sleep, very few, and that happens many times in shift workers, you have people with, uh, with a uh, higher weight, you know, so obesity, and you know all those metabolic um, disorders, and that's one of the reasons. So the growth hormone, the growth hormone is also another hormone that is, is used during the night, during our sleep also. And that's why it's so important for kids to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. because if they don't sleep, they produce less growth mm. they, hormones. They want, you know, they want grow. When we do some workshops for kids, that's one of your hormones that we usually say. You sh- you really when your money says that you need to sleep to grow, that's true. <laughs> because your growth hormone is produced during the night. Okay. And there's another one. That is very, very nice. And it, uh, to, to deal with, with kids. Uh, that is the uh, testosterone. Because it's also produced during your sleep, you know. And when you say to an adult, you know, you need to sleep because otherwise you won't reduce your testosterone and you say, oh, that's confusing, you know. And there's a lot of things that, that, you know, happen to your body during your sleep and they are so important and the problem is that people, many people still don't know that. And uh, still continue thinking that it, it's a waste of time and useless, you know, and we have so many things to do, just like playing all the time till very late hours at night, you know, uh, because people still don't know the, the real importance of it. And that's, that's one of my goals, you know, it tries to pass the, and say to people that people to know about the really important. about sleep and about sleeping at the right time, okay, sleep properly, and, you know, it's not only the total amount of sleep, but also the time that you are sleeping when it's important. And, of course, chief workers, they have a problem. What's they have it. Happens. They work. So for chief workers, what they need to do, mainly, is first, part to, to, to and to learn how to cope with the shift and about and of course to to the employees to try, try to explain them there are some shifts that are you know that the way that the shot are do are, are done you know, are also very important and they need to be taken into account. Right. Because best best shift for can make workers working more properly, you know? If we respect our biology, right. if we start with our internal time, mm-hmm. everything could start working more properly Even okay. our society.
0: <laughs> so, what, well, with shift workers, there seems to be two kinds. There's the ones that have a permanent late shift. Let's say you always work, you know, till four in the morning, but it's consistent. And then there's ones yeah. that shift changes every week, which is probably a lot worse than a consistently late shift. You know, you work a week of nights, then a week of days, and a week of nights, and a week of days. So do you study the difference between those two, or what kind of shift workers are you yeah. talking about?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I work with different kinds of shift workers. Uh, I, I work a lot with, uh, with uh, crew, with airline crews. Uh, and so they have disrupted schedules, and that's not very easy to cope. Uh, but you know, it's it's, it's difficult. difficult. But as you were saying, you know, the permanent late shift. You're you were talking about the late shift. Okay, for a late type, that's very easy to do it. You know, because it they can cope quite easily because if they stop at two and it, it's permanent, so you can adapt. So you. You know, you have the three factors that I told you before. And if your social factor is, you know, it's as, as you do, for a, a late type or for an intermediate, that's not, you know, it's, it's easy. It's, really, it's doable. Uh, but for an early type, you, a late shift, it's not as easy. But it's also doable. But it's changing, and as you were saying before, changing one week that one week one thing, another week another thing, it's that more difficult. And even worse if you are not doing it clockwise and that happens. We we see it quite often. Because if you do your shift, if you if you are always moving you know, moving forward, it's much easier than going back of your clock.
0: Right.
1: Because for us you know, it's a human human you don't as a human you don't have a strict... 24 hour cycle our cycle is around 24.3 something like that right on average average. and that's why it's much much easier for us to go later than to go earlier you know it's it's like when you travel it's much easier when you need to go to you know to, to delay your bedtime than when you need to go before you know to
0: advance your bedtime. So, yeah, and easy. why? Why is that? Because it's it's more difficult it's to avoid like blue light. Thing,
1: yes. Because we are we are not twenty four. We are twenty four plus a little bit more. You yeah. know, so it's much easier to put your cycle longer than shorter. You know, So
0: it's, it's, so not it's easy, easy for people's. It's easy for people's to have sleep procrastination and for their bedtime to start going later and later and later.
1: It is. Gotcha. I would say it is. And that, that's happening quite often, yes. Yeah. People are delaying their bedtime.
0: <laughs> so what um, <laughs> what interesting and surprising results are you seeing in your research?
1: Uh, so what I can see is that here in Portugal we are really, really late people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With, I I have been doing some populational study uh, because I, I work uh, with Professor Till Rundberg also in Munich uh, University, and he works with the Munich Chronotype Questionnaire, so he has a huge database. And we are doing some country comparison, and we can see that we are in in Europe, we are actually the latest country in Europe,
0: right. even later right.
1: than. You know, I'd love we, to live there. it, it Sounds perfect. From we have a different time zone from, from Spain, huh. so we are in green time. You know, we have the same time as UK or Ireland, and even as you know, just think we are later than that. And if I don't know. We, I really would like to get a grant to get clock change and something. You know, because. It might be something populational. I don't know. I don't know. We need to study that. Well, give but me
0: we uh, study give, give study me an that. example. Give me an example. What time do you do people there wake up and go for lunch and dinner and what time do they go to sleep? You know, give me some examples.
1: Okay, so it, it's quite normal here to go to bed at one, two a.m. in the morning. Right. And yeah, so and to wake up uh, it's ten because during the week. And during the weekday, the the, the the weekend day, you have totally different time. So you have social like lag there all the time. So uh, and what happens is that is that when you when you are on a on a, on a weekend day, you have huge sleep put Uh But people wake up here at seven, eight. Some of them can arrive a little bit later, but you know, people need kids need to, need to go to school. The school year starts for the kindergarten and until the fourth grade, kids uh, at nine. That's great. But then it starts, yeah, no, until the fourth year, so the primary school. And after that, it starts at eight in the morning.
0: Mm, that's too and early.
1: That's not, really, that's not very good because. Uh, endogenously we the getting later as the adolescent, you know. When they start to be adolescents, they start to go to bed later. Not only because they are playing and they are procrastinating their bedtime, it's because endogenously they become later. So they start producing their melatonin later, you know? Right. And uh, uh, there's a study that uh, that says that with the end of adulthood it's marked when you become earlier again and it's around 21 years for a boy huh. and uh, 19.5 for girls okay um so to put them going to school early it's not very intelligent i think but you know that happens here so you have people really sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah, I also better. looked to um, a cohort, so a population of that have a question. It, it was a simple question. And unfortunately, they only had it generally, so they didn't separate for work days and for three days. And we can see that when you ask for someone how many hours sleep, usually people are referring to their weekly. So the days when they are working, because they have much more, I don't know, probably because they have much more days when they are working than when they are not working. Yeah. So usually when you when you ask someone, they will tell you the, the amount of sleep that they usually have during their weekdays. Okay. And that questionnaire only had that question. And that, what I saw, and that is the representative sample, uh, was that you have uh, a separated a short separation, normal duration, and long separation according to the American Academy. Uh, so less than five, I put it less than five because the mean average the mean age, you know, the average age of the sample was a little bit late, so they, they were they were around, it was around 40 and some you know it, it was not very, they were not very young, so I opted to cut uh, out at five. There are other population of studies that done it at six hours. So, but doing at five hours, we had a prevalence of more than 20% of people sleeping less than five hours, and that's very huge. <laughs> so, I think that uh, people are not taking really... Um, you know, they are not looking to their sleep, so they are really sleeping very few, much fewer than they should, and it's something that I mean, we need to, to, to you know, to, to be worried and to start to, to doing some, you know, campaign to alert people that they should be more that we should think about so because people are really sleeping very few, and there is a lot of studies showing that food deprivation has a lot of problems. So yeah, that's something we should start doing.
0: Uh, so are you focused on intervention, helping people to sleep better, or are you focused on just studying why they do what they do and what the effects are? I think we.
1: Should you know, because we really need to try to understand why they are doing it, you know. If there is a genetic problem, if it's only behavior, you know, because behavior is always there. We don't know if it's only a behavioral problem or if it's something really genetic. But after that, I think we should really start alert people to that importance and knowing what's happening is easier because you can explain you are doing this and this is wrong, you should, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you know, but it's, it's really important to, to alert people for, for this because, you know, we are so, we're so overwhelmed all the time with our lives and, with, you know, all the other things that we disregard, something so important to our life. Very sleep. You know, if sleep wasn't so important, why does the nature put you sleeping thirty percent of your thirty percent of your life? You pass it sleeping.
0: Right. Right. You know,
1: if it wasn't important that was really bad, you know. And usually nature does the thing good. <laughs> you know if 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 you know, if you need to sleep as much as if you if you pass thirty percent of your life Sleeping—that's because important. Otherwise, you shouldn't
0: do that. Yeah. Right. It makes no sense. Okay. So, what what questions do you want to answer in the next six months or a year? What, uh, what questions are you hot on the trail of right now?
1: Okay. So, the question that I really want to ask right now is the one that I kept, that that I told you before: was if we as the population have something that makes us to be so late, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's some something genetic, it might be. You know, I don't know if you know a little bit about Portuguese history, but you know, we we discover a lot of a lot of countries in the during the discoveries. You know, so in uh, we 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 are so so small. And, and we could, we discovered Brazil, we discovered in Africa, a lot of countries. And so we, we, and you know why? Because we could sail during the night. Mm. So sailors, our discover, so, we and you know, all of, the, all of that. they, they, they were able to sleep during the, to, to be awake during the night, sorry and, I, and that's, an, that's an that's an advantage that they have and I don't know hmm. we, we can we, you know probably the lateness was already there who knows right. so it might have something genetic and that's something that I would really like to discover, why this happens, to us it's like just behavior yeah you were asking about our meal time yes. You know, it's not as late as Spanish. Uh, usually, we eat uh, around between noon and two. You know, but the average is one pm. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And the dinner, dinner is I don't know. I would say around eight and ten. Okay. Yeah, some in Spain, they it's very common to to have dinner later than two. But
0: then, you know, we have to be our best with you. We're actually up, you know,
1: and you go to bed very late. Well, so very good. So, um, I, I don't
0: know. I really, need to, I really need to find out what's happening. Okay. So what's, uh, you know, we're, we're just about out of time. What's the best way for people to find out more and to ask you more about your work and to, you know, to see what it involves in detail? How do they get in touch?
1: So we, I didn't mean, mean, yeah, I mean, uh, properly the question,
0: sorry. Well, I'll restate that. So so how, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you that are interested in learning more? Website, email, Twitter, what's the best way?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, so I do have... So my Twitter yeah. account, I usually use to follow research and, you know, but I also have a Twitter, uh, Twitter account. I also have an, an Instagram account and usually when I do some, you know, when I have some workshops or some things I just posted there, um, and I, many times I also credit the MCDQ and questions around for also for Facebook. But it and we have also a website actually under development now. It, it, it's been changed here in the center. Mm. So the thanks with Medical center. It's in Lisbon. It's a multidisciplinary center. Uh, where we see patients but we also do time. So I, I, I'm an investigator here. Uh, and I'm also linked to the university. So it's a medical school. So it's, it, you know,
0: okay.
1: so if people want to know more, they can reach me to university or from the center, mainly.
0: All right, very good. Well, Katya, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Oh, okay, you're welcome.